Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special draft edition of Riding the Pine podcast. Uh, we just kind of decided on a whim after watching the draft all weekend that we were going to do a special, a little bit shorter episode, hopefully shorter, um, you know, to cover a little bit of the, of the draft and all the drama and goodness. Uh, how you doing, JP? Pretty good, man. I think that we were pretty excited about the draft. We talked about it last episode, and by having this this uh, episode here, I think it'll kind of prevent us from talking for two hours on our next episode for uh, this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I could probably talk for two hours just about the draft, so mm-hmm. we'll have to you know not talk about every single little thing. But certainly interesting weekend. Also going to be fun to have uh, our opinions out there so that in the season when we look like retards, we can bring them back up. Oh, yeah, we can make fun of each other or ourselves when, you know, Daniel Jones is the next Tom Brady or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we won't know that for a few years because David Gettleman says that Eli is going to start for three years. It's going to be like a Brett Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers situation. So they're sticking with Eli (laughs) for a while. (laughs) <laughs> oh daniel jones is the next aaron Rodgers. all right yeah he's like just got he's got to learn from eli manning this <laughs> this eli manning you know not not random playoff eli manning when he goes crazy just normal normal eli manning refuses to move inside the pocket throws a bunch of picks yeah i would say uh just look at eli daniel jones and do the exact opposite <laughs> unless you're playing the Patriots and the Super Bowl do exactly that. And trust, exactly. The, trust your receivers and just play the game. Yeah, I can think of two games from Eli Manning where you want to watch the tape. Everything else, just kind of ignore it. Yeah, agreed. So, you know, it was an interesting draft. I guess we'll get started kind of going into it. The biggest news, obviously, is always the number one pick. And I don't think it was a big surprise that the Arizona Cardinals took Kyler Murray and... You know, you and I were both thinking that it probably wasn't the smartest pick for the Cardinals, but they did it anyway. And that's why they're getting paid and we're not, I guess. I don't know. We'll see how it works out in the end. So I I don't I'm not saying it wasn't the right the best pick for the organization because I think it probably is now. What mm-hmm. I think is stupid is everything they've done to lead to it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So having a GM hire a coach, move up to tenth over to top 10, take a quarterback last year. They paid him $11 million last year, so the Dolphins now have to pay him almost nothing. Then mm-hmm. you, you field him out there. Um, his first game in was actually against the Bears, so his first game is against the Bears' fucking defense. Ouch. Yeah, then you, he only played like a very small amount of that game. Um, but then you leave him out there behind one of the worst rosters, terrible offensive line that we've seen. He doesn't produce, obviously, because there's no fucking way he could. And then you just bail. By the way, the coach already pretty much knows he's fired halfway through the season, his first season. So he's pretty much given up. Then you completely, you know, Decide to go a completely different way with your team this next year. Hire a coach who is completely unproven, who literally was just fired by 
by uh, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and you draft another quarterback at number one overall. I just I don't. This is the recipe for how you become Browns 2.0, and I really hope it doesn't pay off for them. And I know that's stupid, and I don't wish for Kyler to fail, but like I don't want teams to start doing this more often because it's just they they could have ruined Josh Rosen's career. He might never recover, and we might never know if he could ever be something because of all this instability and bullshit. No, I agree with everything you said. I think it's just been a year of bad decisions for the Arizona Cardinals organization. Uh, It reminds me of the Cleveland Browns, like you said. Let's just take a quarterback every year. But the crazy thing is they traded up to get Rosen, and then just everything fell apart, exactly what you said. And here they are getting Kyler Murray, and the guy played lights-out football, and the Big 12 won the Heisman, but I don't know, man. It's just not the same type of football. It's college football. We've seen guys that can't can't make that jump to the NFL. And, you know, I like Kyler Murray as a Niners fan. It's like I don't want him to succeed, but as a, you know, a football fan, I kind of want to see what he does because it's not his fault. It's the Cardinals' fault. So I'd like to just see the Cardinals suck. But Josh Rosen – Hopefully that guy gets a chance in Miami. Uh, so he got traded to Miami day two. And he's looks like he's going to get a chance. I mean, he's going to compete with uh, the one and only Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you didn't know, he went to Harvard. Uh, no way. Uh, Fitz Magic over there. So he got, a, he got a perfect score on the Wonderlick, too. I don't know if you oh, know that. You know, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> so... So, you know, maybe he'll get his chance, and I would like to see him succeed. I think the the crazy thing about it is the AFC East now has three of the top ten picks of the 2018 draft, three of the top four quarterbacks picked in that draft uh, with Darnold, Rosen, and Josh Allen. And then you just have this other guy uh, named Tom Brady kind of closing it all out for him. But It'll be interesting, and I think that was the biggest news, the biggest talk for the beginning of the draft was, are the Cardinals really going to take Kyler, and what are they going to do with Rosen? And we got the answer to both those questions on a span of, like, 25 hours. Yeah, um, I think we should cover a little bit really quick, too, is, like, all this Josh Rosen, like, bullshit takes. Like, I don't know the guy at all. He might have this personality everybody's talking about where he's like tough to work with kind of like a spoiled rich boy mentality but the way he's handled this is incredible Mm -hmm. and you've got guys like steve smith out there saying oh you don't want to work for your job you don't want competition like bro it's a little different when you went out there got destroyed all season you know, get told repeatedly in the offseason, people telling him, no, you're our guy, you're our guy, you're our guy. Mm-hmm. And then they just completely bail on him. He's had to deal with all the media, talk about how he's not going to be the quarterback. They bail on him. The Arizona, uh, Insta- by the way, this was all spurred by him unfollowing the Cardinals on Instagram. Like, who <laughs> gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. So Steve, Steve Smith, who I normally like, um, just on this all-time tirade about how he's being spoiled and doesn't want to work for his job and, like, blah, 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 blah. 
because he unfollowed them on Instagram after the Cardinals had changed their Instagram name to Arizona gets uh, what did they change it to? Arizona gets Murray. That's what the cards get. I think it was cards get Kyler or something like cards that. get Kyler. There you go. Yeah. Okay, same thing. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, just no shit. Yeah, I would unfollow too. That's like my my wife finding another man and then after she told me it would never happen and then her changing her Instagram to like, you know, <laughs> a picture of the two of them and then me just supposed to be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy and, you know, it just shows how ridiculous social media is and what people think its its value is in professional sports and I couldn't care less. Like, follow who you want to follow and why are we making this a big story? Because they had nothing else to talk about, I guess. I don't know. But I've seen a bunch of terrible takes saying how, exactly like you're saying, terrible teammate and this and that. And he has, he made a very uh, good goodbye video, like saying, hey, thank you, Arizona. I think a lot of his teammates are going to miss him. He actually participated in the Larry Fitzgerald like fundraiser softball game this weekend. And won the home run derby before he left to go to Miami. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, he was uh, he was working out when they when they uh, drafted Kyler Murray. So it's like I don't know. I I don't understand why the media and the media circus surrounding like hate on him has been around since last year. Oh, I don't yeah. understand it. I don't get it. Um, I feel bad for him because, like I said, in my opinion, if he ends up not – because he, he's going to Miami in the same situation Arizona was in last year. That is the worst roster in the league. Like, it just is. And yeah. so how's he going to turn it around? If he has another bad year, does Miami draft a quarterback next year when there's better quarterbacks? Because, you know, they're not losing anything. Literally, uh, three-quarters of his salary is, has already been paid by the Cardinals – and all Miami did was give up a late second round pick. So mm-hmm. they don't give a shit. They're not invested. Um, I feel for him. I hope he lights it up. I really do. And I hope the Arizona Cardinals get set back years and years and years for him. Uh, I don't like to root against people, but I just think it's such a stupid move. I agree. It's, it's, it was, I would say surprising, but I don't think it really was. Uh, after they, they, picked their coach and he said oh i watched this kid since he was a sophomore in high school you're like oh great here we go um like i said i like kyler murray i'm not rooting against him just i'm i guess i'm rooting more for josh rosen in this situation i don't like kyler murray i i I I just think he's got like a smug look on his face all the time i know it's stupid reason but i just i don't and i think it's you know big 10 quarterback i think all of it's happening because baker mayfield turned out had half a good season in the NFL. None of this happens if Baker Mayfield doesn't have half a good season in the NFL. You know who no, also had half a good season in the NFL last year? Fitzpatrick. He's had a million <laughs> half good seasons. So <laughs> nobody's racing to draft the next Harvard guy. Yeah, it's uh, he. He's a fun guy to watch, but we'll see exactly. Baker Mayfield kind of changed the narrative for those types of quarterbacks and. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's the first player to be drafted in the first round of two sports. That's pretty impressive. And I don't know if we'll see that again, but that was pretty cool. So that's the first pick. That's what happened. That's the drama. Uh, the real pick was number two <laughs> with the 49ers. And 
on our last podcast, I said I wanted Bosa. You said Quinton Williams was the pick that everyone should go for. Well, conveniently, the Niners took Joey Bosa, so I was pretty excited. And then the third pick was Quinton Williams to the New York Jets. So those are two big guys that came off the list right there. Yeah, I think I, I think those are probably the two best overall players in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think you hit the nose on the head. Uh, it really just depends what you value more. Most people are going to value an edge rusher more than a, um, than a D tackle. But I think Aaron Donald, you know, it, it's harder to be Aaron Donald than it is to be like a more effective edge rusher. You know, a game changer, it's easier to be a game changer at edge than it is to be a defensive tackle is I guess what I'm trying to say. But I think Quinn and Williams, I still think he's the best um, player in the draft. He's just, after hearing his interview, though, that boy is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But but defensive tackle isn't exactly a mentally taxing. uh, It didn't help that he looked like he was 14 because he had braces on. That's that's true. That's Uh, true. He's uh, not exactly playing free safety out there. It's like, hey, man, hit the dude in front of you, fill a hole, go get him. Yeah, yeah, so... You know, those weren't weren't too big of surprises, but then the Raiders had their first of three picks in the first round, and the Raiders, they need a lot of help. Um, They are not a good team, Uh, and they took the first surprise of the draft, I think. Um, Yeah, that was was such a... This is my favorite part of the draft, is when... uh, when they draft these players and you see it cuts to the fans and the fans are like, I have no fucking clue who that guy is. <laughs> I saw a, a video, like someone's tweeting and it had a uh, Snoop Dogg and they said, and the Raiders draft. And it was just a video of him going, who, who? <laughs> <laughs> so I was dying, but uh, yeah, his name's Clellan Farrell. And I mean, he's good. He was the first round prospect for sure. But they had two picks in the 20s, and that's where this guy was projected to go. And, you know, maybe he would have been there the next time, maybe not. But I feel there were better guys to pick. And I think when you're that high, top 10, you go best available, not for your need. If you want to draft for need, you trade. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, they didn't even have to trade because they could have... You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but and here's this is where we stand, you know, on a razor's edge because we don't really know, so we could say whatever. But I'm almost positive that there's better edge rushers available. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, there, and we'll talk to him. Yeah, Josh Allen. I think is what we're both thinking here. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> in fact, I think there was yeah even more after that. Ed Oliver is kind of an edge rusher. He, I mean, he's more of a defensive tackle, but a little bit. Uh, Rashawn Gary, I know he had issues, but like all these people who I think will probably be better than Cleland, uh, and they just pulled that out of nowhere. It was it blew my mind. Yeah, and he was the first of three defensive linemen from Clemson to be drafted in the first round, which is that's impressive for Clemson. That's true. One of them is a known <laughs> doper, though. Yeah. Well, we don't know. <laughs> Uh, Davo said no. So. Davo said he trusts him. For some reason, He's, we trust. Davo is like the most trustable coach. He's, we're just like, oh, I've seen him dancing after wins. He, I have to believe him. He's a man of God, aren't they all trustworthy? That's true. That is. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's Catholic. So just ask the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, so we had a couple more picks. Devin White to the box, which was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the New York Giants at number six. So before we t- like, we kind of already talked about the most rid- how ridiculous it is, but just so you know, like a little background, they have the 17 pick as well. Yes. And they're sitting here, and everyone's like, "Okay, if you're gonna go quarterback, go Dwayne Haskins." Uh, and I, as, like I just said, I'm all about drafting best available. They need help at a lot of positions. Uh, so you know, if you want Dwayne Haskins, go for it because he's not gonna be there at 17. Well, they threw the biggest curveball, Clayton Kershaw style, uh, <laughs> and out comes. Daniel Jones from Duke, because they're a powerhouse quarterback school. I mean, I guess the one down the road, UNC has done pretty well for themselves. Oh, there uh, we go. But Daniel Jones and the Giants fans' reactions were just as priceless as the Raiders fans' reactions. Um, so I think, first of all, it was a huge stretch. They're currently claiming that there was two teams that were going to take Daniel Jones before 17. I don't believe that at all. No. Um, I don't either. The only thing that I could, the only people I could think, because, right, okay, so you got Jacksonville, they got their QB. You got Detroit, they've got their QB. Buffalo's got their QB. Pittsburgh's got their QB. Cincinnati, maybe. Could. could maybe. Yeah. Green Bay's not going to take them. Miami's not going to take them. Atlanta's they, not. So it, it had to have been Washington, right? And Washington, everybody knew, was obsessed with Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that and and you could say maybe just maybe Elway would have moved up. But his thing is he doesn't take quarterbacks in the first round. He likes the mid round thing. That's what he's always done, you know, or late first round with Paxton Lynch. It's really worked out for him. (laughs) Don't trust me. (laughs) We could talk for hours about that, too. So there's just no way that it would he wouldn't have made it to, to 17. And. With everything that that guy's done to the franchise, like trading Odell Beckham, you know, standing by Eli, completely dismantling, letting Landon Collins and Olivier, uh, and uh, Vernon go, like, all, like I just don't understand what they're doing. Are they trying to suck, or are they trying to win and repair? Because they're not really committed to either one. They're getting rid of their best talent, and they're. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't either. This was, like you said, a reach. He he was definitely going to be there 17. I mean, if he, and if he's not, Dwayne Haskins, man, that's like definitely a good pick if you want to keep a quarterback out uh, for drafting. And if you don't get your quarterback this year, there's some coming out in the next year or two if Eli's going to be there for three years. But whatever. Uh, the kid, the kid from uh, Missouri, Drew Locke. Drew Locke, yeah, is better than fucking Daniel Jones. Oh, I think, I, I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I, I would bet quite a bit of money. So let me ask you a little something. What do you think? And maybe you've seen this stat, uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. All right, now, like, like you mentioned with UNC, um, I understand what it's like to take a quarterback and have the entire fan base go, what the fuck? Why'd you do that? Cause that's what happened with Trubisky. We've all kind of united around him now as bear fans, I think. Um, but you know, he got booed that for he, the first time he showed up to Chicago, going to a bulls game, like they were not happy, but Trubisky was on a lot of boards as the number one QB in that draft. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones was on zero. As the number one QB. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, also, what do you think his last game as a college football player was? Like his stats? Um. Well, yeah, I'll get to the stats, but... Or when was it? Like, what are you asking me? I'm asking, like, what do you, like, what happened? Um. Well, it's Duke, so I assume they didn't win. Uh, and it was probably against a subpar team, because there's only, like, two good ACC teams. Probably, like, BC or something. Okay, so BC is actually significantly better. Um, That's true. They are better. That's, yeah. They did have a good year. You're right. They did. Yeah. Well, they lost 59-7 to against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. <laughs> they played this football? Is your sixth, this is your sixth-round pick in the, in the NFL draft, okay? Against the Demon Deacons defense, he went 17 for 36 with 140 for 145 yards. Oh, that's that's first round draft pick material. Yeah, you've got to be kidding me, dude. So it's it's ridiculous. So the Giants with their next pick took Dexter Lawrence, a D tackle, known doper. Okay, that's the known doper. Yep. And then I look back, and Ed Oliver was still on the board, and again Josh Allen was still on the board, and Christian Wilkins, like these guys that. God, it just doesn't make it's sense. Fucking, I just like, like Daniel Jones isn't the type of talent. So, so the quarterbacks last year were probably the type of talent that you rush to take. Mm-hmm. Darnold, Mayfield, even Rosen, Josh Allen, and they've proved it for the most part. I would say without, except for Lamar, Rosen. Lamar. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, oh, we'll get to the Baltimore too because I have some feelings about that. Shit, this is gonna be a full length episode. Uh, so, so uh, all those guys are or quarterbacks you rush to take, and they they proved it last year with the exception of Rosen. Maybe Josh Allen did at least something with literally nothing on his team. Darnold looked good. Mayfield looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson will be a great running back. Uh, <laughs> uh. None of the quarterbacks this year are the team are the type that you rush to take, with the exception of maybe Kyler Murray, and that's only because he fits in what Arizona is going to try and do. But you don't like the Giants shouldn't have rushed to take Kyler Murray. No other team in the league, really, I think, because um, they're just not going to do that air raid ridiculous thing. That we'll see if it works or not. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just don't understand, like. Is there really that big of a difference between Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins or Drew Locke? There wasn't. No, I think there, was, there wasn't I, at all. You know, it's I, I don't understand about it. Trubisky and and that draft class, which has produced really great quarterbacks. You know, and the year <laughs> after that, which produced really great quarterbacks. Like this is this, and maybe we'll shoot ourselves in the foot later. But this draft class was not a quarterback draft class. No, I, I agree. It was it was very, you know, unappealing. It wasn't very exciting for the quarterbacks. Uh, when you talk about quarterbacks in this draft, I wasn't excited. I wasn't even excited about too many wide receivers or running backs. It was it was a lineman draft, which was kind of fun. It was just a different type of draft. So it was just yeah. different. Yeah, D- defense heavy draft, which is why when you're sixth pick in the draft you take 
one of the defensive players that could change your franchise and change the overall look of your defense. Not Daniel Jones, who threw for 60% passing his senior year at Duke. Like, mm-hmm. just, 59 to 7 against Wake Forest. That's his last game. So, number six ah. pick in the draft. Well, it happens. So, there's the probably the, in my opinion, the worst pick of the draft right there. Was. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we could be completely wrong here in three, four years, but we'll see. Uh, and then, so that left a couple guys that, you know, we weren't expecting uh, to be still be there in the bottom half of the top ten. So at number seven, the Jags took Josh Allen, and I think we were all pretty big on Josh Allen. So that's a good pick at number seven. Oh, absolutely. That's a really good pick. That defense is going to be disgusting this year. Um after that was the Lions drafting a tight end in the top 10. I just don't think that's a good idea, but I get it. No. They're trying to turn their offense around. I just uh, – either way. And then nine, your Bills taking getting Ed Holliver like Jesus. First of all, that defense was way better than they get credit for last year. Mm-hmm. because uh, mm-hmm. just Look nobody, what they did to the Patriots last year. Yeah, nobody <laughs> really talked. Look at what they did to the Lions, to Green Bay too. Um. Kirk Cousins, right? Didn't he shut them? No. Was that the wrong game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so they, they get even better because Kyle Will- Williams retired this year, and I think they got an even better defensive tackle at Oliver to take his place. So that's crazy. Um, we'll try and get a little bit faster here through the first round. Uh, anything yeah, you else know, that sticks out to you? No, I mean, it, it's the first round, obviously, is where all the news is. But – uh, a couple big things here that I liked. Iowa had two tight ends drafted in the first round. That's never happened before. The same school. Yeah, yeah. One of them is like, they're like completely opposite tight ends too. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, after my boy George Kittle, uh, why not go after some Iowa tight ends? I don't know about top 10, but whatever. What do I know? Uh, and then we talked about Dwayne Haskins going to the Redskins. He's Great from pick. He's from there, that area. He's Not from far. Jersey, I think. Oh, is he? So, like, maybe a couple hours. Which is why him going to the Giants was, like, such a big deal. It would have made complete sense. But, yeah, um, uh, I think that was a great pick at 15. Oh, yeah, it fell right to him. Uh, and then, you know, some picks here and there. Uh, we'll go We'll go where you were going to go. I think you want to talk about your boy, Marquise Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. No, I, it's just, I just thought it was funny that the Ravens like uh, drafted all these like quick, super fast downfield threat wide receivers. Uh, that was like a lot, a big part of their draft. And mm-hmm. I just like, how the fuck are they going to get him the ball? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Um, yeah, so. I guess that's what they're doing. Oh, apparently, uh, they dra- they drafted Trace McSorley from Penn State, the QB too. So, um, he uh, maybe they'll put him out there, and it'll be like two QB sets. <laughs> but he can't really throw either. Like he doesn't have great arm talent. He was more of a dual threat. So <laughs> I don't know. Man. I thought it was hilarious. Marquise Brown definitely could definitely a great great wide receiver. Um, Kind of that Tyreek Hill playmaker, smaller but really quick uh, type of player. 
Yeah, and then the Giants traded back into the first round to get a third pick, and they got DeAndre Baker at DB, which they need after getting rid of Eli Apple and Landon Collins, and they needed some help there. So that's that's good, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't see the Giants really being that great. We've already made fun of them a lot. And then uh, a pick that I like, being an Arizona State fan, I didn't know if Nikhil Harry was going to be a first-round pick, and the Patriots took him, and the rich just get richer. You know, <laughs> I think that's a great. I think it's a great pick. Tom Brady can make anyone look good, and I think he's a talent as as it is already. That is the perfect pick for that offense, the old school like pro style offense, because he's such a big body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not that guy that's like gonna catch a slant and take it to the house. Not to say he can't, mm-hmm. but like he's not that guy. He is a possession, big body red zone monster receiver and uh it's perfect it's just absolutely perfect yeah he him and dk metcalf like tied the wide receiver bench press record in the combine and then he ended up running like a four or five something 40 and the guy just he really impressed and it's good to see he's actually from phoenix played high school ball there so that was cool to see. And then the first pick of the second round was a, a Phoenix guy who went to the Cardinals. So Arizona's starting to get some guys out there. They're not Texas or Florida, but it is, you know, it's fun. Yeah, or Ohio. <laughs> or Ohio, Ohio um, yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, Phoenix, like, that area actually has a lot of really good athletes come from it. They just don't fucking root for their team. That's true. That's true. You, you would be surprised how many people get – how many guys do come from that area. Uh or you wouldn't be surprised, but a lot of professional athletes retire in the Scottsdale area. So, you know, there's good coaches down there and everything. Yeah, a lot more than come from my neck of the woods, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first round. That was kind of the big things there. Uh, and I think that was kind of what most of this focus was probably going to be on, were like the big stories. But we'll kind of go zip through like teams that we think did well. Obviously, Chicago didn't have a pick in the first two days. Or did uh, they have a third round pick? They had a third round pick. Okay, so, so, well, how, so how do you feel about your team? Oh, I am so fucking excited. I, so, <laughs> I wanted to draft uh, safety. I thought it was number one priority, and then maybe edge rush depth. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of those happened, and mostly I just didn't think that the value would be there for the skill players. But they got two players in the third and fourth round um, that had no business still being on the board and the offense got significantly better because of it just right off the bat and i'm i mean obviously they could turn out to be busts but i think they're that caliber of player that just won't be so first um is the running back from ohio state montgomery who iowa state right is what did i say Ohio, I think you said. Oh, yeah. not Definitely not Ohio State. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Iowa State. So you watch tape on this guy, and he makes guys miss in literally zero space. I sent you that, like, highlight video. I, I hadn't really seen a whole lot about it, but holy shit, this dude. And with no offensive line help at all because it's mm-hmm. Iowa State. And he's he, he broke the record two years in a row for most missed tackles. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah, he is absolutely insane. Not a game-breaker. He doesn't have that game-breaking speed, um, but he knows how to make people miss and is was used as a wide receiver sometimes, so he's got that the soft hands natural catcher of the football. Um, very excited. 
Uh, a lot. He was a lot of people's number one running back. Probably not the most people's number one running back, but he was in the top three of almost everybody's board. So very excited to get him. And then in the fourth round, somehow Riley Ridley was still available. Wow. Which wow. is like, <laughs> which like during the press conference, Pace comes out and he's like, yeah. So we looked at our board and we're like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? We don't really need help at wide receiver, but you take him. Yeah, I mean, he, his brother has done had a really good year last year, rookie year, so why not yeah. take a chance on the guy? Obviously, there's some talent in the blood, and they, they, they grew up together. They trained with each other, so. It's not, he, it's not even a chance. He's a top 50 player. Yeah, like, I, he was a top 50 player in almost everybody's draft board, so it's like, you know, it's not like this guy came out of nowhere. Uh, he's a lot different than his brother. His brother is more that prototypical uh, slot guy where this guy is he's 6'2 he's about 200 pounds yeah. uh, possession 50-50 type actually really similar to like Allen Robinson so okay. um, we'll see how it goes in the future uh, really happy with the picks we got a good cornerback out of Kansas State who fell in the draft because he was he had a toe injury but uh, he, he looks really good um, and in the 7th round I always love 7th round picks because it's pretty much based on athleticism and nothing else you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) this guy isn't a very good quarterback but this quarterback is like 6'2 220 pounds and he ran like a four 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 two or something just completely athletic freak um from vandalusa state okay football powerhouse (laughs) okay (laughs) that's funny he's he was a wide receiver that switched to cornerback Played one okay. year cornerback, so uh, who fucking knows how he'll turn out? But yeah, so they, so they did well. Um, as a Niners fan, I think we needed an edge rusher. We needed receivers and defensive backs. We we did two of the three. We drafted two receivers. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a really good pick for us out of South Carolina at receiver. Uh, that guy had a good year, and he, he can catch some balls. Jalen Hurd is quick. He played running back at Tennessee before he became a wide receiver at Baylor. So we could put him anywhere. And then the Niners just threw me for a curveball. I saw some defensive backs out there, and they're like, no, we're going <laughs> to draft a punter in the fourth round. So From Utah. Must, he must be amazing. I don't know. Like That's the only thing. Who drafts punters in the fourth round? I have no idea. Uh, and then we got just, you know, random people linebacker tackle tight end corner uh, we had three six round draft picks so that was good uh you know we'll see how that works out i think the bills had a really good draft and then like i said the the patriots man they just know how to draft and this is why they're good uh they also took a punter though but whatever <laughs> but they <laughs> they they know how to draft and yeah it's it's scary that these good teams just get better because they know how to play the game. Yeah, it's. I don't know why people don't look at. Well, you have to have a good roster already built to mm-hmm. draft like the Patriots do, and that's I think why I'm so happy about what the Bears did with the exception of running back after they traded Jordan Howard. I think they have a pretty set roster. They don't need to have anything, so they didn't rush. They just took the best player available. They traded up to take. Um, Montgomery, which was, uh, like I said, they kind of put themselves in the place to, to do. But even then, most of the most people weren't saying they're going to draft one. Um, a running back that early, so 
you you get these teams where you have already a very good roster, and then you just sit back and you draft best player player available, and you do it year after year after year, and that's what the Patriots do, and and it's what you got to do, but you have to build a roster first. Absolutely, uh, it's it's what you have to do, and I think I was talking to you about uh, right before the episode that. Everyone gets super hyped about the draft, and we don't even know what these guys are going to do. They've played college football. The leap is just – it's huge, and we'll see how they do. The, the biggest learning curve has to be the quarterback position. That's where we either see guys really succeed or really fail. Yeah, it seems like defense translates most of the time a lot better. It's hard mm-hmm. to – I don't really remember a whole lot of just absolute busts on the defensive side of the football. Even, you know, I, I mock the 49ers all the time, but, like, the last few picks aren't, like, that you guys have picked high are all defensive players, and they're not, like, terrible, terrible. They've produced. Yeah, a couple of them are, you know, we would expect more, but when you draft a guy like DeForest Buckner, that guy's a stud. Solomon Thomas, eh, well, we're, the jury's still out, and then Eric Armstead, I kind of feel the same way. But you're you're right. I think defense is the... I guess we call it the easiest transition, but it does translate them better than any other position. I yeah, think. most linebackers like Roquan Smith was drafted high last year for the Bears. He he played incredible, led the team in tackles, and that's even more of like a that's a harder position to get used to. Whereas like uh, with edge rusher, it's like uh, get that guy, <laughs> you know. So like if you're a good edge rusher in the in college, you're probably going to be good in the pros, and you've seen that. Yep, and I think someone I forgot to talk about because I I said it was my bold prediction he was going to get drafted super early. He ended up not getting drafted that early. was uh, DK Metcalf, and we were talking about this before that two teams had to had very reactionary drafts based off of news that had come out within the last few days. The Seahawks being one of them with Doug Baldwin being hurt and probably might not be able to play again, so they needed to fill his position. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, yeah, kind of like what we were just saying with the Patriots, when you get these roster holes and then you're frantically trying to draft to fill those holes, like because the draft is such an unknown, it's just a really bad way to build a roster. Um, well, it, drafting is the best way to build a roster, but frantically drafting and mm-hmm. putting yourself into a position where you have to take this specific position Um it's not the right way to build. So it's it, it was really tough. And Doug Baldwin is, you know, as much as I hate the Seahawks, that guy, that guy is really good. Yes, he is. That guy can catch almost anything. And he's not very big. Uh, even when it's not really a touchdown, he gets a touchdown somehow. So it's kind of <clears> crazy. I mean, yep. I'm sorry, Packers fans, I guess. Uh, not really. But <laughs> um, wow, that's still still a wound, right? Years yeah, later. not <laughs> uh, for but, me. I know. <laughs> um, so DK Metcalf, I guess not uh, all the GMs didn't buy the hype like I thought they would. So he went the last pick in the second round. So. Yeah, he uh, he had like a really he was like a boomer bust, I guess, to use that overly used term because he's just a physical freak. But he doesn't shift his weight super well. His three cone was bad, I guess. And uh He's not like a super polished route runner or anything, but you know, in the Seahawks offense, you notice 
the way they play is kind of like backyard football with Russell Wilson. Um, and more often than not, it's just go and I'll run around the pocket and throw it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, DK Metcalf can do that very well. He is huge and he is fast. Yep. And then, so we talked about Tyreek Hill as well. Uh, I don't know why we're not professionals yet here. Uh, <laughs> breaking all this big news that happening. But some audio came out and obviously we were we were uh, not condoning one thing that guy did. Uh, and, and, you know, we're really criticizing him. And then audio came out that showed that his case got reopened because of the things he was heard saying that he was uh, doing to his child, abusing him and stuff. Uh, and he might not ever play football again after that. So the Chiefs had to get a receiver. And I don't think they wanted to get a receiver with their first pick in the second round. No, this that, that's a huge, huge blow for the Chiefs because uh, a lot of Mahomes' stats are that backyard football – my guy's just kind of faster than you thing. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was based on the Tariq Hill Mahomes connection. And you throw in um, Kelsey with that. And that's really, that's really that team. So I think they got hurt bad by that loss. I think they fucking deserve it because mm-hmm. they've, they ignore these, you know, they give all these people a chance. So, The human psychological condition is pretty simple when it comes to these things. You do something wrong, you get punished for it, you learn it's wrong, and then you don't do it again. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I were raised that way. We will raise our children that way because that's how you teach people. You know what I'm saying? But when you beat the shit out of your pregnant girlfriend Mm -hmm. and nothing bad happens to you, you make it to the NFL, you make millions of dollars, you don't learn anything. Nope, and that's he's not the only one either. So it's it's a bad thing that I think the NFL knows that it's it doesn't look good for him. So that's why they've tried to be proactive with it. But I don't know if it's been that effective. Maybe more effective than it was. Well, yeah, I I, I don't know. I I always a fan of the judicial process when it comes to these things too. Um, everybody's rushing for the Chiefs to just cut him. Um, but I think, you know, let it come out, let it figure out what happened. But the evidence was pretty damning. He, uh, and there was evidence that his girlfriend, the same girl that he beat the shit out of when he was in college, had a broken arm recently and was abused recently as well. Uh, which is part of the, what he was saying in the recorded phone call. So really, really absolutely disgusting. I hope NFL uh, teams learn from the chiefs on this one where, Hey, it's going to catch up to you. I don't care how talented somebody is. You can't fucking have those people in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it, it's not right, and I, I hope that we see more teams being proactive and, and preventing this stuff. I know I've seen the Niners deal with a lot of terrible things in the last four or five years, and they try to get ahead of it, and sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. Uh, and, you know, you can only give a guy a chance. They learned their lesson with Alden Smith. Uh, that guy got like three chances, blew them all, and then kept screwing up. And then Ruben Foster, they gave a few chances to. So who who knows? We'll we'll see what the future of the NFL is when it comes to that. But when it comes to the draft, I th- I think it was a uh, it was an interesting draft. I think the first round wasn't ex- as exciting as some of the other drafts usually are. But I think you know we'll have some good players that come out of it. 
Yeah, I think the reason for the lack of excitement is just because there wasn't a whole lot of skill players. Yeah. There's no Saquon Barkley. There was no, you know, the quarterbacks weren't next level. There was no, you know, big names at wide receiver, you know, Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald type, where it's like, oh, these are all-time talents. And uh, especially with running back and wide receiver, it's a lot easier to tell yep. that they're going to translate to the NFL. Um, like, hey, Saquon Barkley is good in the NFL. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, when you're drafting defensive tackles and stuff like that, it just kind of isn't as exciting. But that's something I love about football. So it was exciting to me. Definitely. But I think that's really all we have for this draft to break down. Yep. That's all I've got. Uh, who's your biggest winner? Man, I think the the Bills and Pats, I think, really did a good job. And I think those are my two big winners. Yep. I completely agree. Bills and Pats, and I think we probably both agree with the biggest loser being probably the Giants. Yeah, I don't see anyone else being a bigger loser, but I mean, the jury, I guess the jury's out. That's what they're going to claim, but right now it doesn't look good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to this special episode, guys. Uh, we'll catch you with our normal one on Wednesday. Sounds good. Peace.